I'm the person that literally in my heart and soul managed to build, go from Denny's waitress to billion-dollar entrepreneur because I learned to believe in myself and believe I belong in the room and, and overcome rejection, overcome fear, but I am still a work in progress, right? Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Colin Davis said, the road to success and the road to failure are almost exactly the same. And Oprah Winfrey said, honor your calling. Everyone has one. Trust your heart and success will come to you. My guest today is my friend, Jamie Kern Lima. She is the founder of It Cosmetics, which she started in her living room and grew the company into the largest luxury makeup brand in the country. She sold the company to L'Oreal in a billion-dollar deal and became the first female CEO of a brand in its history. Her love for her customers and remarkable authenticity and belief eventually landed her on the Forbes America's Richest Self-Made Women's List. Today, she's a mother of two, an investor, speaker, and thought leader who is passionate about inspiring the world. And in this episode, we discuss how Jamie built a billion-dollar business, how to push through self-doubt when nobody is believing in your dream, what Jamie would do if she could go back, and how she would grow her business differently to be less stressful, how to run your business and have a thriving relationship at the same time, what mindset changes she had to make in order to become more successful, and the moment she knew she needed to exit her dream. She shares that knowing when to let go of a dream is as important as knowing when to go after one. I'm very excited for you to hear this one. Make sure to share it with someone that you think needs to listen to it. Just copy and paste this link where you're listening to this podcast and text it to a couple of friends, post it on social media. Make sure to tag me and Jamie Kern Lima as well. And if this is your first time here, please click the subscribe button over on Apple Podcast or Spotify right now, as well as leave us a rating and review to let us know what you enjoyed most from this episode at the end. Okay, in just a moment, the one and only Jamie Kern Lima. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatest podcast. We've got my good friend, Jamie Kern Lima, in the house. Good to see you. So good to be here. Very Thank excited. You. Very excited. You have an amazing story, and you've done some incredible things as an entrepreneur. And one of the things that I love about your story is that you had a lot of rejection early on. So I want to dive into the topic about rejection first before I go more into your story. What do you think is the right way for people to look at rejection as a positive mm. thing as opposed to something that is the end of their opportunity, end of their life, end of their moment mm -hmm. for going after their dream. How can you, how did you look at your rejections as a good thing? I love this question because honestly, <laughs> I feel like people don't share this enough. Yeah. And I feel like right now we see social media, we see everyone's highlight reel, we see all the outcomes. It's really why I wrote this book, to be honest, because like if you Google my name, you see like, oh, Denny's waitress to billion dollar entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I get so many DMs, especially from women, Lewis, so many DMs from people saying like, oh, did you get lucky? Or was that easy? Or did you have connections? And it's like, oh, wow. If we don't share the rejections and like the mm -hmm. real story and the real journey, then I feel like people feel like they're alone um, in their own rejection and their own pain and all that. So yeah, it was, um, my journey has been filled with uh, hundreds of no's, <laughs> uh, tons of rejection. And I feel like 
figuring out how to not take it personal mm -hmm. has been huge on the business side of things. Um, like it, it's always hurt, to be honest, it's always hurt. Uh, but also I believe, and, and no matter if someone believes in God or the universe or whatever, when I look back at everything I've gone through, especially this last 10 year window, um, there's a famous saying, rejection's God's protection. You could say Ooh. rejections is the universe's protection, right? Whatever applies mm -hmm. um, to each person listening, but like, I believe it. And it's, I mean. So that person shouldn't have said yes to you. It wouldn't have been the right fit for you. It wouldn't have been the right fit, I mean. Or the right timing yeah. or whatever. And what's hard, and, and here's the hardest thing, is so many people actually like never step out of their comfort zone because they're so afraid of rejection because it freaking hurts. It, it sucks does. when it happens, right? And and sometimes it doesn't make sense and it mm -hmm. doesn't feel fair. And I remember, you know, gosh, one one rejection out of hundreds <laughs> in my journey because, you know, I, I um, uh, thought I was going to be a news anchor and a talk show host my whole career. I love other yes. people's stories. Yes. Like I just want to interview you right now. Uh, <laughs> it's like since the time I was a little girl, it's all I wanted to do. And I was working in my dream job as a news anchor and I started getting this, this skin condition called rosacea. Uh, which is bright red and there's like bumps and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I thought I was going through this big setback in my career and I would be anchoring the live news and I'd hear from the producer in my ear, like there's something on your face, there's something on your face. And I'd be live and they were like, you need to wipe no. it off, you need to wipe it off. And I knew- it probably get worse. Yeah, because the like stress. It's like up more, you're like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, ah, and I, I knew there wasn't anything I could wipe off. Um, and I started going through this season of self-doubt where I started thinking, okay, Am I going to lose my job? Are, am I going to lose viewers? Uh, uh, is my boyfriend still going to think I'm cute? Like all those thoughts that we tell ourselves. And I started uh, thinking I was in this like big setback. But what it was really was a setup for mm -hmm. what I was supposed to do. Right. Um, and I think so often our setbacks are setups. It's just hard to see it at the time. Um, and I started, you know, trying every makeup out there from the most expensive to the least to everything. I couldn't find anything that works. And I made this decision to literally leave my dream job. Like I think sometimes knowing when to let go of a dream is as important as knowing mm -hmm. when to go after one. And I feel like so many people are always like, just don't give up, just don't quit. But I actually think that doesn't always apply. I think that like the victory is knowing when to hear yourself mm -hmm. and trust yourself and let go of a dream or step into one. But what I didn't know is stepping into that dream would f be faced with three years of, of constant rejection. So from the moment I quit my job and, and my husband and I wrote our business plan on our honeymoon flight to South Africa, got back, like dove all in, uh, put everything we had into a product. And once we finally had a product that worked for me, I just thought like, oh, it's gonna sell, it's just gonna do well, right? And it was literally three years of every single beauty retailer, like all the ones I loved and the ones I thought, oh my gosh, like I put them on a pedestal and I thought, oh, they're gonna love this because it works, you know? And, and <laughs> so I would send it to Sephora and Ulta and QVC, all the places, and they all said, like every one of them said no. For three years. For three years. We got down to under $1,000 in our bank account, which was our company and personal combined. Um, literally, it was no after no. And I mean, one no that stands out, just to share this, because anyone listening, part of you know your greatness community, like dealing with rejection, dealing with setbacks, dealing with, it's hard mm -hmm. when you check in with your gut, you feel like you're supposed to be going after this dream or, or 
creating something or launching the podcast or creating the product or whatever, it's hard when you feel like it's the right thing, but then there's no proof of success around yeah. you. No one's buying into it. No yeah. one's buying into it. And then your own self-doubt starts taking over, right? And and when you have experts telling you they don't believe in what you're doing, that's hard. And I remember um, one moment in particular when uh, we got interest from uh, a private equity firm. Mm. And I was like, I was so excited because we had had so many no's and I thought, okay, if they invest in us, and this was a big private equity firm, they invest in a lot of like um, consumer product companies that we see at the grocery store, sure. like household names, right? And they invest in a lot of them pre-revenue and then they become big companies. And I'm like, oh, you know, if they invest in us, A, I won't go bankrupt. B, maybe they can get like use their leverage to get us into these stores of that course. are telling us no, they don't yeah. want our product. And so we started the um, meeting process with the investors and uh, went through the diligence phase and presented our product pipeline and showed our budgets. And I'll never forget the final meeting and my husband, Paulo, who you know, he was there and then the head investor was like three feet from me. Um, and I thought it was gonna be a yes, like I was so excited. <laughs> and he literally was like, you know, thank you. We're, we're really, um, we wanna congratulate you on your product. We think that it's awesome. We wanna wish you the best, but it's a no. We're gonna pass on investing in IT Cosmetics. And I was like, okay, um, can you tell me why, right? Because like feedback is usually, I mean, feedback's usually a gift, not mm -hmm. always. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, can you tell me why? And he looked at me and he's literally three feet from me and he says, do you, do you really want me to be honest with you? And I said, yes, please. Um, and he says, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your, with your body and your weight, <sighs> right? And so this was a moment when he said that, I don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. It was this moment where I was like looking at him, right? And I was, it was almost like watching his lips move in slow motion. And I remember two big things from this. I, re I remember like my whole body flooded with like a lifetime of body doubt and self-doubt. Mm -hmm. um, and God doubt, you say? Yeah, God, everything. But, I, but yeah. it felt like I was staring my fear like mm. straight in the eye. It was almost like it wasn't even about him in this moment. Mm. Um, but, and I knew like, uh, you know, that, that two things. I remember that and I remember this moment in my gut that told me, even though I was in pain at the time and it hurt and this was like a big rejection, I also felt this really strong moment of feeling like he's wrong, like a knowing, like mm. a deep knowing. Um, but I also knew that like if I was ever gonna prove that, I would also have to truly believe it, you know what I mean? And, and uh, it was tough, I went to my car and cried um, and didn't know what we were gonna do. Uh, but one thing that, and I did a lot of things wrong in my journey, and I share those in the book, but one thing that I did right was like through all the rejections, I actually never took them personal. Mm, and with really? him, mm -mm. and with him, I felt no anger toward him. And I had this big moment. So two big things happened. And then I wanted, oh, and then I want to tell you the full circle, the whole rejections, <laughs> God's protection and rejections, the universe's protection. I have to tell you like what happened. This is for anyone listening, going through a setback or a rejection right now, um, because I have hundreds of stories like this yeah. uh, in, uh, now after building this company and hiring over a thousand employees and all the stuff that we've done on the way. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> so two things. One is um, when I was creating this company, right? Um, and, and you know, you hear about a lot of, you've had people on your show talking about finding your why and finding uh -huh. your mission and all that kind of thing. And everyone knows about that and or a lot of people have read about it. 
Um, and I think knowing your why is important for any goal or any dream. Uh, but two things happened. When I created the brand and I was like, why can't I find any product that works? Like, I don't understand this. This is when I was working as a news anchor. I had this moment where I realized, oh my gosh, my whole life, even dating, even when I was a little girl growing up, all I ever saw was uh, TV ads or magazine ads. I loved them. Like I loved them and I always saw the models and I always like aspired to look that way. Uh, but they all always had flawless skin. I never mm. saw anybody that had rosacea or any type of challenges. And I realized two things that I always had aspired to look like them, but I, they also always made me feel uh, not enough mm. because you can what never was look like them. Or... Yeah, what was called beautiful, I didn't see myself in, right? And so I had this whole idea, which is part of why all the retailers were saying no in the early years. I had this idea to not just create products that work, but let me show models, all different people, every age, skin tone, skin challenge, gender identity, skin problems, size. Like, let me just show real people and prove this product works. Like, let me go on QVC and prove it live. Let me show my own rosacea. And I just thought, if people can see people that look like them, this just mm. makes sense to me. But all the experts said it didn't. So so back to me standing there with this investor saying, I don't think people will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. After I went in my car and cried, <laughs> like it's rejection always still hurts. Uh, I also just remember feeling like, wow, he's passing on investing in my business. On He's making a business decision because of exactly why I'm starting this company. Like he's just as much, I don't want to call it a victim, but just as much impacted by, by the definition of beauty that's out there. And he's literally passing on investing in my company because of it. And so it drove my deep why for like why I was building this company. And I took that rejection as fuel for like, oh, this has got to change, right? And for me, it was like, let me build a company where we show all types of beauty, where, where, where it wasn't even just about selling product. It wasn't about solving my own problems. And even though I want to help millions of women and all that, the real why was like, can I shift culture and beauty mm. um, for every little girl out there mm. who's about to start doubting herself right. and every grown person who still does. And so like that drive mm. fueled it. And not being afraid of rejection is so huge and it's it's really huge for women because it, it prevents a lot of people from even trying and it hurts it always sucks it never feels fun um but i got rejected so many times on this journey and to uh finish this thought <laughs> about how rejection is god's protection so so the day this dude tells me this right uh fast forward six years and uh, the day that L'Oreal bought our business for $1.2 billion cash, it was all over. It was, they had to announce it because they're a public company. So it was on the Wall Street Journal homepage. Uh-huh. It was everywhere. And I got an email he, he from email him. You? He emailed wow. me. Wow, what do you say? I got an email. He said, congratulations. I'm so, so happy for wow. you. Um, I was wrong. And wow. uh, Have you can, stayed in touch in those no, six years? No, uh-uh. Not with him. Mm-hmm. With everyone else that rejected me, though, I, I did often. Because mm-hmm. I was always like, it's going to be a yes. It's going to be a yes. Um, with him... Here's, here's, and this was six years, right, until this moment happened. But what I realized that day is when we talk about like rejection is, is protection, um, 
I was so desperate in those moments when I wanted him to invest mm. that we probably would have sold him the majority of the company for like no money because he didn't believe in us. Two things, we found out we would have been his most successful investment wow. <laughs> in his firm's history, but then uh, also like by the time, because he didn't believe in us and also we got a lot more rejection on the way, by the time that L'Oreal acquired our company, we were still the largest shareholders. So it was like, Okay, <laughs> so I was so glad yeah. he didn't believe in me then. Um, but when rejection happens, it's not easy to see it in that mm. moment. It always does hurt, but I always believe. I was gonna ask you, do you feel like if anyone would have said yes or invested or whatever from him or anyone before that, do you think it would have been successful if people did believe in you? I mean, there were definitely people along the way that did believe, there were. Um, I just believe in the timing of things. And I believe yeah. in trusting our gut and going with our knowing, you know, with everything. And what if he would have um, said, yeah, I'm gonna give you a million dollars or whatever it is to invest and I'm gonna take this much equity. Do you think it would have been as successful of an exit or you think you would have been driven to serve more at a higher level mm -hmm. with that support and with that backing? Or would it have yeah. made you more complacent in some ways during right, that process. having that. I don't know. I mean, I think the only thing that would have gotten in my way is if he owned the majority and wasn't a great partner, because I wasn't driven by the money. Like, I wasn't. I was driven by, you know, what I know I'm born capable of giving. <laughs> and also just, um, I loved our mission. I knew what we were doing. We were shifting culture inside the beauty industry. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of people that believed in us along the way. And, I mean, with L'Oreal, we got a champion inside of L'Oreal three years before we actually did the deal. Mm. And she kept wanting them to like, you know, she's like, look at what this brand's doing, look what this brand's doing. Right. And we would do meetings and get, they'd end in no's. So it was, it was three years of, of that as well until they acquired us. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there were people that got it. And then um, a lot of us learned this lesson. Once we did get into all the retailers and started doing really well, um, then they all believe in you. Of course, yeah, once you get results. <laughs> yeah, when you make people money, they like you. Of course, they wanna be a part of your success. Yeah. You know what's interesting? There's a meme online of a kid uh, in a, of a little child learning to walk, and it says something like, you know, when a child is learning to walk, they fall over hundreds of times, mm. and they hit their head, and they scrape their knee, and they, you know, they cry and these things but that no point do they think maybe this walking thing isn't for me. Mm. They, they don't say, oh, I'm just gonna crawl for the next 80 years of my life and just crawl everywhere. They eventually keep getting up and, and they learn to walk. They balance, yeah. they hold on to something, right? Yeah. You've got kids and so you've seen this yeah. firsthand. They never stop trying to walk. Yeah. Why do you think we as adults stop trying to walk mm -hmm. into our dreams or into opportunities when we hit ourselves one time, we fall one time. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we stop when, as kids, we never we never did when we were learning to walk? Mm -hmm. I think uh, I've never answered this question before, so I'm just going to pour it right out to you. My my like how I really feel about that. I think kids have a knowing inside, an instinct. Uh, uh, they want to walk, and they just think that they're going to figure it out. They see people around them walking, and they just do it. It's like a knowing, um, and nothing's telling them not to trust themselves. And I think that as we grow up, I think that everything around us starts to tell us not to trust ourselves. Like uh, self-doubt is so huge. Mm -hmm. We get other, and, and just to use my own example, um, and some of the stories that I, that I share for the first time ever in the book is like, it's like when you're in the spot of, 
of every all the experts telling you they don't believe in you, or it could be other people's opinions, right, telling you they don't believe in you. Um, it could be literally no proof of your own dream or idea that it's mm -hmm. gonna be successful, right? In those first three years of this journey of It Cosmetics, there was no proof that it was like, like no signs, right? Other than when women were starting to post their own befores and afters and spread the word on online, which was so you, great. So you were getting some sales. Yeah, were, we were doing were about selling. two to three orders a day on our website. Were you doing um, like, uh, you know, were you going and sharing, showing it in person at a live events? Were you doing QVC at this point? No, or? not. So QVC was our big, big, big first yes and probably the scariest Probably the biggest life and business decision, I'm business sure. lesson I've ever learned. Was when, that. when did that come? After yeah. three years? Yeah, after three years. Yeah. So the first three years, were you going to grocery stores and you I know, tried everything, everything. going to uh, fairgrounds, any trade anything, show, yeah. anything online? We Farmers couldn't afford markets. to advertise. Right. Um, any different beauty event? I mean, we would, we would. My friends and family would walk into any Ulta or Sephora and be like, and they knew they didn't carry them, yeah. but they'd be like. Can I talk to the manager? Do you do you carry you it this? cosmetics? Yeah. They're like it what? Like oh, it cosmetics is so good, <laughs> and they would try to hustle for us. It's very and, Sarah Blakely esque, where yeah. her friends would go and like oh, yeah. place orders and, and make it all yeah sell I mean, out. It was it was that it was just trying to hustle and and the other thing is all the no's like every time Sephora, or QVC, or Ulta would say no, like that was one thing is that I didn't take it personal, right? That was mm. one I did a lot of things wrong. That was one thing I did right, and the second they would say no, you know, it hurt. It sucked, obviously, but it's like, okay, I would literally, Lewis, I would decide to believe like it's gonna be a yes, and I behaved accordingly. Like right. I would say, okay, um, thank you, but one day it will be a yes, and I'm so excited for when that happens. And then what I would do is every time we get like a um, press placement or we would get, we would be launching a new product or whatever, I would send that buyer sure, who kept saying no, yeah. and I'd be like, great news, we just got, you know, in this magazine or whatever, and like, one day when your customers get to try this in their store, they're gonna love it. And mm -hmm. I think they probably thought I was crazy, but um, I just decided to believe. You've gotta be relentless in following up too. Yeah. You can't just hope that they find out about you. You've gotta constantly be following up the way you did, right? Yeah. They weren't, they're not gonna look at the magazine and see it. They're not gonna see right. your sales numbers unless right. you tell them over and over again. Yeah, and I know you're big on LinkedIn and everything. I would yeah. literally scour LinkedIn yes. for any person who worked at Sephora mm -hmm. or Ulta or QVC. Friend them and message everything, them. Yeah. And then try to send them a sample. I mean, it was like everybody. It was. And we couldn't afford to hire anybody, so so it got we got so lean and so scrappy that like in the early years, um, my middle name's Marie, and so Marie got her own email address. So Marie sure, sure. at, at cosmetics.com was like head of customer service, yeah. and I would pitch all the um, the Good Morning America. I'd be like, our founder is available for you know what I mean. It was just like hustling and, and trying to figure it out, and every time. I would check in with my gut though, no matter how many times I got knocked down, like I still, even though there's no proof around me, I still kept feeling like this was what I was supposed to do. Mm. Um, and I made the, the decision to trust it in through those years of no proof around me. And that's the hard thing. And I feel like when you talk about why does a little kid keep trying to walk, but why do most of us just give up? I feel like that we don't, I feel like so many people either have never heard their own gut or mm. haven't heard it in a long time. And and then sometimes we hear it and we don't trust ourselves, right? Yeah. And instead of putting our own intuition on a pedestal, we put things like other people's opinions or what our partner's telling us to do or our own self-doubt 
or what the experts are saying or the lack of proof of mm -hmm. success around us. And How do you think we learn to trust ourselves more? I think that we have to want to. I think we have to make the decision that we need mm -hmm. to want to. And that's hard because you know what? The truth is it's way easier to stay in our comfort zone. It's way easier to make the circle around us happy and comfy and not fearful. It's way easy. And I think that chips away at our soul when we do that. I think every person knows, like I think we know deep down inside if we're, if we're created for more and we're supposed mm -hmm. to give more, if we have more inside of us to give or to serve or to love or to live. I think we all know that deep down inside. And I think that if we don't do something about it, I think it chips away at our soul. And I think we end up literally talking ourselves out of our own mm -hmm. truth and literally never becoming the person we're born to be. I know that sounds dramatic, but I think it's true. And I think that what, <laughs> I think that's the easy, easy route. Um, so I think the first thing is you have to want to. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you gotta take a lot of courage to overcome your fears and go into that stuff too. I'm curious, the first time you went on QVC, what was that experience like for you? Were you, you felt like you had okay, a few years of building confidence under your belt, or were you mm. extremely nervous right before that first experience? Literally everything was on the line in that in that moment, and that's what made it hard. So you know how you can like know your values and know your why and know all these things, and you think you're gonna like stick by them and live them, and, and then all of a sudden they're tested. I think like all of us have had that happen to yeah. us, and um, the you know after after three years of hearing no, we got one shot, we got a yes, and we got one shot on QVC. It's a crazy story. So I go into it in the book on how it happened and how we finally got the yes and all this stuff. But uh, what it meant though is we had one shot in this. If 10 it didn't minute, sell, you're never coming back. You're on. never coming back, and it's live, so there's no script. And you know QVC is uh, as you know, but maybe <laughs> not everyone knows. It's a it's a live television a television channel to broadcast to 100 million homes. And uh, and you have to, like, you're measured in dollars per minute. And so their airtime, they don't have, it's not like a store where you walk in and you can see thousands of products. Only one product can be live on the air at that mm -hmm. moment. So you're not just competing with, with beauty brands, you're competing um, with, you know, Apple iPhone and Dyson Vacuum and Vitamix, all the stuff yeah. to hit a certain sales. So we got one shot and 10 minutes. And it was a consignment deal. So what that meant was we had to manufacture all the product, pay for it, et cetera, get it all shipped in there. Yeah, they don't buy any of it. No, yeah. not in beauty um, at the time. And then whatever, you know, and then if it didn't sell, we would take it all yeah. back without being paid, go out of business. Um, and at the time we were doing just as you know, two to three orders a day on our website. And what I learned was we'd have to sell over 6,000 units of our product in a 10 minute window to oh. hit their sales goal or not come back. And so Paolo and I together, and you know Paolo, which is yes. why I say his name, uh, applied for 22 SBA loans and got rejected. It was the 23rd one in California actually that gave us an SBA loan just to cover the cost of the inventory mm -hmm. for this one shot on QVC. Um, so we, you should never accept a purchase order you can't afford to lose. Uh, but at this point, three years in, it was like- It's like make it or break it. You're make like, it or break it. We're going all in or yeah. we're dying on the sword. Exactly. Yeah. And so we said yes and uh, did everything. We hired third-party consultants um, and this is where everything I believed in like was put on the line. And they're awesome and they help a lot of people, right? So they're 
they help people sell on QVC and retail stores. Like they gave They're you a amazing. different strategy that wasn't what you wanted to do, probably. <clears throat> right, exactly. They They're all like, this said, is what you need, this and you is need what this you need to do. Model, and they need exactly. to be speaking this way, they need yes. to look a certain way. Because that's what had always been done, uh, and that's what had always worked. And so they wanted the best for me. Like, they were smart and, and wanted me to win. And they're like, okay, here's what you need to do. You know, use models of perfect skin, all this. And I would say, okay, but... Like, that's not why I created this. And what if, wow. what if I, and this was pre-YouTube exploding. So I'm like, what if I go on air and just take my makeup off, like on live TV and show my rosacea, like, and and what if I put, I'm gonna you know, put models that all different ages and si- you know, sizes, skin challenges, skin tones, everything. And they were mortified. Like, they're like, like no, this isn't gonna work. Yeah, and we You're gonna lose argue. it all. Yeah. And I would say, okay, but but if I'm sitting at home and I'm watching, and I don't, and I don't see someone that looks like me. How do I know the product is going to work yeah. for me? And, uh, but it's really hard when your gut is telling you one thing, experts are telling you another. It's like I couldn't try mm. it both ways. So I um, flew out to QVC a week before our airing, um, our one shot. And this might sound crazy to you, but I, I got a, a rental car. I sat all alone in the QVC parking lot uh, for a week, every day, just like watching the front door of the building knowing the next time I go in, like, I'm either going to walk out with <laughs> out of That's business crazy. or with, you know, and I sat there and I prayed and mm. I cried and it felt really heavy, um, to be honest, because I didn't. It's a big moment. A big moment because it was like, okay, I'm not nervous for TV, but it was like every, it felt like everything was on the line. And I try to imagine who my customer was, who was watching it, like, uh, mm-hmm. why am I doing what I'm doing, all these things. I remember at one point channeling Oprah, I was like, okay, I remember this time when Oprah was obsessed with the color purple, she told the story on her show, and she wanted it so bad that it consumed her, and she ran around a track and just saying, I surrender all, and ask God to take it from her because she just couldn't carry it herself. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna try that. So I sat in the car, like literally singing I Surrender All and crying. Um, I tried, I also was imagining, uh, you might do this, uh, I was imagining like, okay, Olympians, I think that they imagine like what <laughs> happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I was visualizing the sold out sign coming up across mm, the screen. Mm, I was, you know, it, all good. those things, I was sitting in the car just doing everything that I could. And um, and I also just had this moment where I, I imagined this woman sitting at home uh, and if I was gonna be blessed enough for her to turn her TV on for five seconds, like what did I wanna stand for, right? And I was like, okay, if she's gonna give me her precious time, even if she buys nothing, I'd rather her look at the TV and see me showing real women and calling them beautiful and meaning it, because mm. you can't fake authenticity, meaning it. And I'd rather have her for a moment feel like she's seen and like she matters and sell nothing than, than stand for nothing and sell a shitload of product and hit right. a sales goal. Right. And so it was this moment oh. where I just kind of knew. Um, but sometimes we know what the right thing is, but it's also the hard thing and it's scary. <laughs> it's like and being then, in the wrong relationship and your gut's telling you get out, yes. but everyone's like, oh, but they look great on paper or, you know. <laughs> and my parents are happier this Yeah, or yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, but I'm torn. Yes, yeah. yes, I feel like everything comes down to our knowing and trusting mm-hmm. it in life. You know, and so many people are like, oh, you, how'd you sell your business for whatever, a billion dollars? I'm like, oh no, that's not the victory. The victory is, if we're trusting ourselves and our knowing and where we're supposed to be on our journey. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the victory. And it's like every time I don't do that, that's when I make big mistakes. And when yeah. I look back and 
that's when I stayed in wrong relationships. That's when I kept employees on too long. Mm. That's when all those things. Um, so I'm walking in the QC building <laughs> and um, I go into the studio and there's uh, uh, cameras like we see right now. Um, I know that the second the on-air light goes on, it's, it's go time. live, yeah, go time, wow. live to 100 million homes and um, there's this 10 minute clock. Um, and here's, here's what I learned right before, okay? I learned, oh, you're not guaranteed 10 minutes. Oh, if it's not selling in five, yep. see ya. See ya, so, so exactly. So you might be a minute or two in, and if you're not in real time doing well, hitting the goals, it jumps. Like your clock might go from eight minutes, boom, you're down at two minutes, and you're like, and, you, and you, if you try to sell, nothing sells. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's just if like- If you're forcing it, then people can feel it. You on, can feel yeah. it. And you, can, you cannot fake authenticity. That's the thing. So it was like, okay. How so, do you get sales in two minutes if they're not seeing sales when you haven't even told the story of the, the product? I know, yet? exactly. You have to be so just, I know, I know. And so, um, and I had prepared so hard for this. Like the I- consultants I, taught you how to pitch and how to position he, and tell he, a story within a certain time frame and everything. Yeah, and I, and I literally thought, I walked in there thinking, okay, here's what I'm gonna say off the top, here's how I'm gonna do this. And I didn't listen to consultants in terms of models. I'm like, I'm mm, gonna show right, right. real women all those things, but I'm like, here's how I'm gonna, you know, do this demonstration on my wrist, all the stuff I had planned out. And then I did my host meeting a few minutes before the show and she thanked me for my ideas and said, okay, but here's what we're gonna do. So literally scrapped everything. So, so we're not doing that. Nope. And and I had, in that moment, I had to trust her, but I also had to just, like, I, I know, but they're so good. Oh, they're, they're pros. So, they're they such pros, yeah. They know. So you had a co-host with you. Yeah, the QVC yeah. host, and then I'm the, um, I'm there the with expert. the product. Yeah yeah, 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 like the entrepreneur, the founder, and, um, and, and, and she was amazing and all that. And I just, but at that moment, like the, the, I remember the 10 minute clock and I remember it was like 9.59, 9.58. And I remember like feeling my heart racing. This is it. Yeah, and it's so gross, but I remember like sweat. Yeah. I remember feeling sweat. And you would talk about how much we love Sarah Blakely. I was wearing two pairs of Spanx and I remember feeling the sweat like dripping. I was like, yeah. okay, these Spanx are gonna save me because it's not gonna come through my dress. Um, but then I also remember thinking like, I have to not make this about me or I'm mm -hmm. done. It's like, okay, this is about how do I want to shift culture and beauty? How, who is that woman watching? Mm -hmm. Like how, if she's going to bless me with her time, how many, am I going to show up for her? And I remember uh, this moment where my bare face came up on national TV. And then I remember walking to the models and I was shaking like a leaf. So I had planned this demonstration. <laughs> like a hundred times in the mirror. Yes, in this the is the way it's going to look. I'm going to wipe this thing off. I'm yes. going to put this on. I'm going to smile. Yeah. Yes. And I, I was, it was so good in my bathroom mirror. <laughs> and then I'm trying to do this on national television. And this is my hand, oh, literally. Man. And the host grabs it. And she's like, thank you, sugar. And she took over. And we walked to all the models. And then I remember toward the very end of, I think it was like a minute left. And she's like, the deep shade is sold out. Or the tan shade's almost gone. Like, something like that. Blah, 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 like, what? Yeah. And I was like, and then I remember at the 10 minute mark, the sold out sign came up across the screen, just like I had envisioned it in the car, in the parking lot. The sold out sign came up. I started crying. I can imagine. Um, yeah, and they cut, and I see Paulo coming running, my husband coming running through the double doors at the studio, and I'm like sobbing loose. I'm like, real women have spoken. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, we're not going bankrupt. <laughs> and it was just like, and I was just like, ah. And that, <laughs> that one, Airing turned into five that year, and wow. then 101 next year, and then we did 100? over, yeah, and we did over 250 live shows a year uh, for eight years. Yeah, so I did over a thousand 
live QVC shows myself, but we, we also built the largest beauty brand in QVC's history. And it is right now. At this moment that you and I are talking, it's right now still the uh, largest beauty brand in QVC's history. And I only share that because it was three years of them saying, no, um, you're not the right fit, uh, all those things, right? So it's like, at the end of the day, like nobody can tell you you're not the right fit. Yeah, and you also got to know the timing of maybe if you'd done it three years earlier, you wouldn't have been ready. Oh, totally. Maybe if you're pitching it, you yes. would have bombed and I you would have never had another chance. <laughs> you yes. never would have had another chance yes. and you would have been done. So sometimes the delayed uh, of people saying no is good for you to figure out, okay, how can I become better? Yes. How can I be prepared? How can I yes. uh, sell more? How can I do these other things? So that's what I think we got to think about as well is you know, how are we going to set ourselves up for something when someone says no? Yeah, and to not be afraid of it. Exactly. I mean, to not be afraid of rejection and not be afraid of doing it, doing it, you know, imperfectly, any of that stuff, it's so important. Oh my gosh, if I ever got afraid of, it never was easy, but if I ever got afraid of rejection, I would have, I would have been done. Like, done. Would have never, Hopefully, I you know I hope I had an impact on the beauty industry. That would have never happened. I would have never built a billion dollar business. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it's huge, and I think it comes down to this: is like just really trusting your knowing. You know what I mean? Every time somebody hurt me or said no or whatever, I would go back and be like, okay, another expert said no. Like, is this? <laughs> Am I wrong? Is my gut wrong? Right? We start to, but every time I would get still and just know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for me, it's how I've never heard God talk to me, but like I feel, for me, it's faith is part of that. I hear it through my intuition. Uh-huh. For other people, it's the universe. Like it's, it's everything. And and I just think, you know, you mentioned relationships. I think that we all know if we're in the right relationship. Like in our gut, we in know. our gut, we know. And I mean, there. I, I don't think I have a single girlfriend in my life, including myself who hasn't gone through a relationship where you know he's like sketchy, you know, and you know, and you're like, oh, maybe his phone did break for three days. Maybe, like, Uh. right, you know it didn't break. You know, we all know. And I just think that we start to turn up the Mm. volume on all this noise in our life, how busy we are, other people's opinions, what our inner circle said, all the things, and we like, we have the mute button on our mm-hmm. own gut and it goes on for so long that we start to not learn how to hear it. And so, yeah. you know, for me, and it, and and it's not, and I believe everyone has a knowing and I believe it's always right. And I think that like learning how to listen to it, how to trust it is a journey. Mm-hmm. It's a process. I'm curious about... Uh, do you do that in life though? Like with people, with friendships? Do you feel a knowing? No, do I you, feel it, yeah. You feel it, it's right? It's usually pretty quick for me. Uh, you know, it's an... In, in, intuition but yeah. I'm also I also research people pretty extensively mm-hmm. and I look at everything I look at things that they don't even think I might be looking at and I'd learn a lot about people by doing research so before I even speak to them I'll kind of get a gut instinct mm-hmm. and then they really need to show me whether convince me that I'm right or convincing that I'm wrong within connecting with them. And sometimes I've been wrong, very few, maybe mm-hmm. two or three times out of thousands of people where I was like, oh, the things I saw about them, you know, I prejudged them in a way that wasn't accurate. Mm-hmm. And I took responsibility for that. But uh, most of the time you can get a sense from people, whether you watch a couple of videos or just see what they're sharing or how they communicate. Mm-hmm. So 
it's funny. I just get a feeling. Yeah, Because you me know, too. I've met so many people that are amazing on video. <laughs> and then I just get a feeling and I'm like, okay. So, you know, and, yeah. Um, Do I want them in my life that much? Yeah. Well, and I just think that, you know, listen, I think every single one of us, you know, has miscalculations and misjudgments and makes mistakes and all that. And I just, I don't believe we're our mistakes. I believe we're our intentions, mm-hmm. you know? And, Absolutely. And we can shift our intentions in any moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm curious about a personal question. Have you felt more self-doubt before QVC or right now? Before QVC, but I still feel it now. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a journey. You know, I think that there's so many areas in my life I figured out how to like, you know, overcome it, how mm-hmm. to um, turn down the volume on it, how yeah. to believe in myself. And I try to apply those all the time. There's, there's, it's a lifelong journey. You know, for me of, of, of believing where I come from doesn't determine where I'm going, of turning down like the, the volume on past mistakes or mm-hmm. on miscalculations or that kind of thing. And, um, you know, believing that, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I think all of us, no matter where we're at in life, um, on a journey of it. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? And, course. you know, um, one thing that happened to me that I share in the book for the first time with Oprah's blessing, mm-hmm. she, read it, she read it cover to cover. She blessed what I shared in the book. But having said that, I, I talk about you know, the first time I ever met her. And then I talk about having lunch with her for the first time at her house, just one-on-one, me and her. And So I was there the day you met her, right? You were the there. First time. We were at yeah. an event and you met her. I didn't meet her. But yeah. what was that like for you? Um, I mean, from the time I was a little girl sitting in my <laughs> living room, right? I would sit in my living room watching Oprah every day, Monday through Friday, and her sharing her vulnerability, her sharing mm-hmm. her you know, all the parts of her, not just, mm-hmm. not just the perfect part, right? All the parts. Like she was my mentor who I'd never met. You know what I mean? Like she helped me believe like, oh, maybe my dreams are possible. Like my whole life. So I don't get starstruck. And with, with um, it cosmetics, you know, and growing and then especially the L'Oreal acquisition, you know, you have a lot of celebrities that want deals. They want makeup deals. So, so be just because of that, you you meet you meet mm-hmm. so many. So it's, I never, I think everyone's human. I think we all have the same doubts, same fears, sure. same insecurities. Are same they gonna hopes. like me? Do they see me? Do all they think stuff. I'm interesting? We're all, all the same. Yeah. So I knew all that, right? Um, and so the day that I met Oprah was at that event in mm-hmm. LA, and uh, and uh, it was a surprise. I didn't know it was happening. Um, it's a long story, so I go into how it happened in the book too. Uh, but I ended up going to, into her green room, uh, where it was just me and her. And I had never met her, and she's like Miss Kern, and I'm like, Wow, I'm freaking out! <laughs> wow. I was so out of my body in that thing. I literally just prayed for the right words, and all I could say was like, Can you let me know if I can ever be of service to you? <laughs> like I didn't know what, like I didn't. It was a, it was it's the whole thing. And after I met her, I went and spent like three days writing an email to her. Wow. <laughs> like how do I even? And so I talk about this whole process and talk about the whole thing. And I ended up getting invited to lunch at her house. And so we one on one or with a small one group. One on one. Or? Yeah, I didn't oh. know until I showed up. But I spent 
days, like looking at all the things I was gonna, like how do you bring her a hat, like a, a, a gift? A, yeah. The woman who has it all. Yeah, yeah. And so I won't give it up, but what I brought her is so crazy. It's so crazy. Um, and it'll make everyone who reads it feel And you get a happy. car. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, what do you bring? And um, anyhow, uh, after the day we had lunch, we spent a few hours together. And um, again, only sharing this because she has blessed it. She read the book cover to cover and gave me her blessing to share this story. But I left her house. And as I was leaving, she gave me her cell phone number. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, here's my number. Call me anytime. She's like, you put the number in the book? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! No, um, no but it's she's, on page one hundred. No, and this is recent, right? So she says, she says, well, within the past couple of years, she says you can call me anytime, like call me anytime. And I was like, thank you. And we did a video and all these things. To this day, Lewis, you never called her. You never called her. I, I text her. Yeah. I email her. I would never call either. If really, okay, help me figure this I would out. Only, I would have only texted and just be like, hey, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? Know? <sighs> Yeah, it's, well, and I realized, so, so, you know, if I have like a, a, a show, so I did, mm -hmm. um, I did a show with her friend Gail and all the, and I'll ask her for feedback or yeah, this or that. And, and, uh, and she's like, do you want the truth? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> please. And, um, and I'll text her, I'll call, but every time I, um, or I text her and I email her, but every time I want to share something with her, even just a, anything. I don't call. I, I haven't know. called to this day. I know. And I was trying to figure out why haven't I? Oh, why haven't you? Like I'm the person that literally, in my heart and soul, managed to build, go from Denny's waitress to billion-dollar entrepreneur because I learned to believe in myself and believe I belong in the room and and overcome rejection, overcome fear. But I am still a work in progress, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, I'm not calling Oprah because at a deep, 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 deep level, I still don't think my vibration is high enough Ooh. to like be with hers and I know that's a lie I know so it's a lie you've never called her never called her I know you should call her right now oh my gosh I know but you should call her right now you should <laughs> I think it'd be powerful to see if she picks up to just say hey I appreciate you that's it don't ask for anything just call her and see if you want to see if I do <laughs> it it needs to feel like it's the exact do it when you feel ready yeah yeah but I, I'm you know, throwing it out right there, now. throwing it out there, just to tell but her what you appreciate. Do you have these moments? Because I think maybe people, and, and by the way, I know, literally, I know, anytime we feel like we're not worthy of being mm -hmm. in the room with someone else, of being at their level, it's a lie we're telling ourselves. I know that, right? And and even for me, it's, it's a, it's still a work in progress yeah. for everything. And I was like ashamed and embarrassed when I realized mm. why I hadn't called her. Do you know what I mean? And like, I'm the best freaking friend and I'm have everyone, right? <laughs> like I wouldn't have written a word unless she had blessed it in the of book. Course. Like I'm so loyal to people. So it's like, you know what I mean? She told so, you to call. I know. A couple of years ago, I know, right? yes. On your drive home, you should yes. call her and just say, hey, I was just thinking about you and I appreciate you. You know, yeah. don't ask for anything. Just say, hey, just want to see how you're doing. I appreciate you. Is there anything you're afraid of where you haven't done like that? You haven't done it yet? Mm. Would you call her? You know, I'm the type of guy that I'm similar to you, but not because I wouldn't call her. It would just be, I have friends who I know are so busy yeah. or extremely successful, and I just see how busy they are that yeah. I don't want to bother calling them, that I'll just text them or send them a voice message or a video yeah. message. Yeah. Say, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. If you need anything, let me know. Yeah. And it's just, I know they're easier to respond over text, and maybe yeah. they would pick up or not, but it's just. Uh, what are areas you have doubt 
Oh. That you struggle with dad and stuff. Have you like mastered it all? No, I haven't mastered uh, anything, I don't think. Um, that's why I'm always learning, but things I doubt. Before I answer that, I want to make sure I close the loop on Oprah, and then I'll answer that okay. question. <laughs> what is the greatest advice she has taught you from the first time you met her till now? Mm. So her advice was my Angela's advice, uh, which she shared over and over. She said she's learned this lesson a few times, which is, you know, when people show you who they are, believe them the first mm. time, mm. which is Maya's words. And it's, it's actually something that's so hard to do. Uh, you know, I go into the book, in my book, about a lot of stuff from being, like, the rug being pulled out from underneath me learning I was adopted in my late 20s by surprise. Like, there's so many things I go into this book on about how to handle when they happen in our personal lives and in relationships and all that. You didn't know you were adopted um, until you were in your 20s? Yeah, until my late 20s. I found out by accident. Yeah, and then I went on a five-year search of trying to find my birth mom. And so it was like five years of thousands of women calling thousands oh of women by this name. Yeah, and I go in and I feel like, you wow. know. Did you ever meet your mom? Uh, I have, and then that's a whole thing. <laughs> I know you're, I think you're halfway through the book, yeah, right? Sure, wow. Yeah, yeah, there's some stuff in there. And I share it, I've never, there's 95% of this book is stuff I've never shared before. Personal lessons, professional lessons. What was the first thing you said to your mom? Your birth mom. Uh, it's a story, Lewis. You have to, like, <laughs> the first thing that happens after five years of searching oh for her. Oh, my Yeah, after five years of searching for her and watching the adoption shows where people go running to each other, oh, like, in the wheat fields. That's not happening. Brace, that and didn't I happen. Dreamed. I it didn't that, happen. No. I, 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 yeah, um, I when happen. I finally found her and reached out to her via email, um, I with, with getting her info finally, it's a long story, so I share how it happened in the book. But, you email her. Um, I email her, and the day I did, Everything disappeared. Her social media, everything was gone. Shut up. Mm -hmm. So you were you followed her. You could see her stuff online, yeah. mm -hmm. Facebook Within or wherever. Within 24 it was. hours of finding her, I found out gone. everything gone. Like LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, everything. Twitter. Yeah, and, no way. And I didn't know when why. Was this? Uh, when was? How old this? were you? In my 30s. 30s. Was, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a couple yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I um and so at the time it felt like she gave me up again. It, oh man! Yeah, and I talk about that process of, um, and it's it's a it's a it's a beautiful story though that's still unfolding right now. And I talk about how oh, we man. mend relationships in our lives and how we handle things when pe when we feel because you know I, my parents who raised me didn't ever want me to know, and so did you feel you abandoned know, by them by never telling you a little bit? And also, I also felt like it was like the rug just got pulled out from underneath me, and I went on this journey of like, who am I? Well, like and, living a lie. Yeah, they it, weren't being exactly. I understand they're trying to protect you or whatever, but it's like eventually you'd find out, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, now at twenty three and me, it's like, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, they never. It was a total accident. So I talk about that process too of like, how do you handle that when somebody? Like, I love my mom who raised me more than anyone on the planet. And that's who I thought was the closest person to me in my life. I mean, she still is. But how do you, what do you do when you feel like someone betrays you? And so it was, it was a, been a, it's been a journey. <laughs> There's so much in this book. That's why I was laughing in the beginning. I'm like, oh, you're, you're halfway you, through. Okay, get ready. Have you felt like you've, I guess, healed that part of your past from your, the, your mother that raised you? Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean. I think that any time we face abandonment of any type, 
I think that it's a life journey of figuring out how it's showing up, right? Mm. And so it's interesting, like in my journey, if I were to say my biggest weakness, and I built it cosmetics over a thousand employees, my biggest weakness was not firing people soon enough. So hard. Because I didn't so want hard. to abandon them. Oh, Even so when they mistreated me in some mm, cases. I know. Um, it's hard, right? Um, and I kept toxic people around in relationships or in friendships or in my company because I didn't want to abandon them. So it's like I'm aware of it. <laughs> Our stuff always so shows up, right? And yeah. then we work through it. Um, it's hard. It's hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, this is a book. Do you feel like, you, <laughs> do you feel like you've, you're still recovering from all that or do you feel like mm -hmm. it's... I do. Really? Yeah. I think it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working hard on boundaries, on, on you know, it's, um, yeah, mm-hmm. So you've yeah. been in touch with your mom, your biological mom many times? Yeah. yeah. You still, just have a relationship? We do now, we do now, It's like a, yeah. once a month you talk, it's uh, yeah. every once in a she while. She was on a FaceTime this morning with my daughter. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and we're building it. And, and here's the thing is like, we never know what someone else is walking through, right? We just never, right? Yeah. And it's like even, with our own friends and family sometimes, even when we think we really know them. And so this has been a journey of like getting to know each other from scratch, of wow. me understanding all of her decisions. And um, Do you understand them or is it? More, <laughs> more now, <laughs> I do, yeah. Um, I do, yeah. And, and you know, it's it's Maybe also, you wanna make those choices, said but. said something, was it, um, Lewis, you said something that's so powerful about forgiveness, right? It's like when we when we don't forgive, it's like we're just hurting ourselves, yeah, right? What are the words you use? They're so good. It was recent I heard you say I, it. I mean, I don't know if it's my quote, but I've heard so many different things about forgiveness. I mean, it's like um, holding on to resentment and not forgiving is like drinking poison and someone else expecting to, to feel the pain or, yeah. to, or to be hurt yes. or to die. You know, it's yes. like when you're resenting someone or angry at someone and you haven't forgiven, it's like you're drinking the poison. Yes. Hoping they feel that pain. But right. you're the one who's suffering. Yeah. They're off and doing whatever they want to do in their life. Yeah. Your biological mom, you know, was off doing whatever and yeah. was hoping that you had the best life, I'm assuming. But Yeah. And believe she made the right decision. Of course. And in her yeah. in her mind she was right. Yeah. You know, with her story and her life situation, she was probably right. Yeah. In her mind. So yes. For sure. You have to get into that frame. It may not seem right, yeah. but you have to get in that person's perspective. And you may not agree with it, but that's And forgiving at. is the only way to be free. You it's know, so it's true. the only way. It's hard. Do you feel like you've fully way. forgiven everyone in your past? <sighs> Biological parents for not telling you the truth. I think so. I mean, I mean, I mean, parents are raised, you're not telling the truth. Biological right. mom abandoning you or whatever it may be. Or, yeah. There's, you know, my my mom who gave me up for adoption. She was with my dad one time ever, um, uh, one night, and they were in college actually. And it's interesting because I, I grew up with a family where no one had gone to college. So mm. I always thought my whole life I was the first person in my family and all that. And uh, my birth mom did go to college and it was her um, and my birth father and they were together one time ever. Um, and he doesn't know. 
and and she can't remember his name. No way. Yeah, and so. So you don't know your birth dad either? I don't know him yet. Shut up. And so I talk about, yeah, one of the things I talk about in this book <sighs> is um, what happens when you don't know where you come from. Oh my from. gosh, there's no certainty. There's no certainty. Um, and I had a really oh big God. spiritual moment. And you know, I talk a lot also in the book about my whole journey of being raised with faith and then going through a season, a lot multi-year season of God <laughs> doubt. Um, and, and how... What do you, you talk about self-doubt, body doubt, God doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I kind of go there. And you know, it's... Um, it's been a journey. <laughs> so, but you know, I, 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 I believe, I trust, I trust in, in our journey. That, wow. You know what I mean? I think so, we're all. So your birth mom doesn't remember who he is. Right. She doesn't remember his name. And have you been out of trace back DNA? To yeah, make? it's it's. Uh, I'm in the process. So I've done 23andMe ancestry. Crazy. I'm sure it's a matter of time oh before my gosh. it happens. This is crazy. Um, but so far, no, I haven't found him. And uh, but I have this big epiphany. I mean, this like true knowing. Uh, one night when, because Lewis, like I go through. You're probably this way too, just looking at the business you've built and everything that you're doing with School of Greatness and everything is like, when I'm into something, I'm like all in. So obsessive. obsessive, you're like, oh, right? I gotta find the answer. <laughs> so like, my husband would get worried about me because I'd be up all, all night. night I'm like a dog with a bone, like birth uh, dad. Yeah. yeah, and this has gone on for years. No way. Mm-hmm. Every time oh I see gosh. someone on television, I think they look like me, I'll Google him and see, did he go to this school or did he, all those things. and um, and it's gone on for years. Um, oh and I had this big moment, like no, this deep knowing that is not gonna make sense to a lot of people, but it, but it will to some, where I realized like, oh, I actually know who my dad is. Like, like, like how do I say this the right way? I know God is my father, so mm-hmm. I know my father. Sure. Do you know course. what I mean? Of course, yeah. And so at this point, it's just like, okay, who's my dad on earth? And I mm-hmm. bet you I'll find him too. Um, and wow. uh, yeah, so so. This is crazy. The book is crazy. It's it's a it's a lot. It's stuff I've never shared. And I think sometimes you know what I realize is for for ten years I've done all this stuff with it <clears throat> cosmetics and been the first woman to hold a CEO title, L'Oreal's hundred plus year history, all these things. But but sometimes when we're doing this role, um, I don't want to say we hide behind it. What I what I realize is like if I don't share all of these things than someone else going through them who doesn't know how mm-hmm. to get through them right? may feel alone struggle or more, yeah. struggle more or any of that. So it's, yeah. I have so many questions. I'm curious, <laughs> did, you, did you connect with your mom, your biological mother when you were before it cosmetics or in the process of it or? Yeah, we had launched it, but we're launched having it. no success. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I met her before that big moment on QVC. Did you ever think maybe one time that like, this is gonna be so successful that my dad's gonna find out about me and approach me and reach out to me? I have those thoughts. I had those thoughts like, you know, going on QVC because I did over a thousand <clears throat> live shows. And you know, even now if, I'll, if I do like a big keynote at an event where there's like 100,000 people, and that, you know what I mean? I think that, I think what if he actually knows of me but has no idea <sighs> I'm his daughter. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that'd be nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And okay. so I'm just trying to trust. I mean, I still obsessively search. I still all oh those gosh. things and have done the 23andMe. Um, you know, There's no and, link yet to someone else in 23andMe? No, it's the craziest thing. There's like fourth cousin. Like, uh, I don't know if you've you done it before, the 23andMe. Okay, yeah. so you know how you get the DNA relatives and there's like, 
70,000 people that are your third or fourth cousin where it's so difficult. But on the highest one where you're really like really connected, I have all these people on my mom's side, but on my birth dad's side, oh. it's all the third or fourth cousins, thousands of them still. Oh my god! So I'm waiting. Waiting for him to do the test. Yeah, or somebody, somebody somehow, related right? to him in like a, because it could be a sibling or, an, you know, yeah. Another child or whatever. This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that'd be so nuts. Yeah. I want to hear how this story ends. <laughs> okay, keep it updated. Keep <laughs> but that's updated. good. Your mom, your biological mom was in your life. Now, is your, the mother that raised you and your biological mom, did they connect? Yeah. Really? Yeah, so. Um, did they know each other when? No, so they've never, they had never, never spoken. Met. Yeah, and it's a journey. Like I, I learned. Um, so she had you, and it's like two days later, mm-hmm. someone comes. Mm-hmm. That my is mom, crazy. Yeah, my parents got me. And they never met each other. They never met each other, and it was private. And, and my birth mom had used a different name on all the paperwork, which is why it took me so many years to eventually find her. Um, but eventually they met, and the three of us met, and my birth mom brought um, three bracelets, kind of like Wonder Woman-style gold bracelets, wow. one for me, one for her, one for my mom, and they had belonged to her mom, um, oh, who had passed man. away, and it was beautiful. My my mom, who raised me, um, you know, I, had, I was worried, would she be okay that I found my birth mom, all those things, and my mom, who raised me, thanked thanked uh, my birth mom, Rosemary, wow. when she met her and just said, like, thank you for giving me the best gift that's ever happened oh, to man. me. Yeah, and we were just sobbing. And so it was, it was beautiful, you know? And I mean, I'm glad I didn't give up because it was, you know, five years it was, and listen, like when you get a phone call and someone's like, hi, do you, right? It's like you think it's a telemarketer and you hang up. And so it was like five years of me calling, you know, tens of thousands of women with like either a similar first oh name to gosh. the paperwork or similar last name and just getting hung up on for, for five what years. What would you ask them? Um, hi, um, is your name Rosemary? Like, is this Rosemary? Oh, I, I have a relative. Okay, it could be all different things, but right, like, right. I'm looking for a relative of mine actually named Rosemary. And da, da, da. like, it was like click, click, click. Like, you know, I tried all different stuff. And the the part that I never knew was was one of those women who hung up on me. Her. It was or, her. It wasn't. But know. like, I didn't know. But like, every moment for five years, it was like, is this person who's about to answer gonna be my mom? How did you finally? Did she pick up or did you found her on social media or something? I, I, uh, there's a search agent. So there's a television show, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, like television a, show. Like an FBI and, agent who could find someone. Yes. Or... And so so Paulo <laughs> is like, can I s- submit your, I don't even know he, because we have, t- my husband and I, total opposite television. Yes. Like nothing in common, <laughs> right? You would lo- like, you and him are like, he's Just like, watching sports UFC, and, yeah. this, da, 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 da. Um, and I'm like, oh, what's on The Bachelor? And like, you know what I mean? Anyways. Yeah. Um, Anyways, so so I didn't even realize he knew I was watching these adoption shows. Like I DVR all of them and whatever. And so uh, there was one where uh, it was called The Locator, I believe. And anyways, he wrote into the show. He's like, "Can I write your story into the show?" And I go, "Yeah, of course." You know. And he wrote in, and they didn't pick me for the show, but they but then an, a search agency called and said, "You know, for a fee, we can write search for." It. Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Oh, what a scam!" Like Scary. they right, but it wasn't. It ended up they not being. It. Yeah, they How found long are they thinking? Like a, not long. a week. Couple of weeks, days. and I'd been searching five years. Oh man, she's just been like, oh, I would have paid this right and away. And 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 like as a journalist, I know how to find <laughs> everything. But because the, her name wasn't the right name, oh, man. they, they were able the to trace and... all kinds of stuff back and and wow. actually, mm-hmm. yeah. This is fascinating. Um. <laughs> I feel like Lewis. I feel like every every person though has situations in life where 
we feel like somebody we trust pulls the rug out from underneath mm. us. And it could even just be a relationship, someone we're dating or a friend. Someone we're friends with 20 years and they betray us. And we all have mm. these situations. And so I felt like sharing what happened and like how I got through it and just all the things. Um, you know, I think that I think that we all share this journey together. You know what I mean? And, and we're all connected. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you want people to know about exiting your dream, making mm -hmm. it successful, having a big exit, over a billion dollars, being on the Forbes list, and having this kind of um, you know mark of success? What do you want people to know about what life is like when you create that for yourself? Mm. Is it everything's easy and perfect? What are the other challenges that come with the success and the financial abundance and the credibility? Is there different challenges you face now? What, what is that like? Mm. For people that are wanting to create that for themselves, they see your story, they know your journey, and they want to create that for their dream. What do they need to know that's on the other side? Mm. I think that I believe it's possible for people to accomplish their dreams. I think if they make that decision that it is. I think that, um, is it Ed Milet, I believe, said uh, this famous saying that when you eventually arrive at a destination, you still bring you with you, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And it's easy to always hear people say things like that, like, oh, money can't buy happiness, this, that, that. You're like, yeah, it would for me. You think those things, right? <laughs> You're like, whatever, <laughs> right? You hear all those things, but it's all true. It's like mm. wherever, whatever big goal you accomplish, you still bring you with you. Your crap. Right? Your crap. Your insecurities. Your insecurities. Yeah, your fears, your um, same family. Your, I mean, people can change their family, but you're still you, right? Yeah. It's like you bring you with you. And so... Yeah, some of it's so fun, and and you know, and you have this same journey too, where you mm -hmm. are in situations or experiences that are different than where you were raised. Absolutely, like, right? Like some of the things I've I've had the blessing of being part of, and are nothing like how I was raised, mm -hmm. and. Those are fun and amazing, and yet I still bring me with me, right? And so, like, to me, that's the journey uh, for all of us. It's not, oh, can I sell my company for a billion dollars? Or, oh, can I get 50 billion, zillion downloads? Right? All the things, right? It's like, on this journey, like, who am I? And am I stepping into all of who I am? And am I learning to trust myself? And am mm. I learning, right, to become yeah. the person I'm born to be? Like, that's the victory. It's never... Because the, the the accomplishments don't change any like you know what I mean? You right. still to use those words, you still bring you with you. So um, What's it been like for you then? What's been the biggest challenge to I guess overcome since exiting and being where you're at? Yeah. That that you that you didn't overcome during that ten year journey. Yeah. I mean most of my friends are still the same. Uh, yeah, still the same. Uh, I didn't know that the exit would be public. We knew like two days before that they would announce the purchase price. And when that happened, everything changed. Mm. So, um, meaning, uh, you know, you hear from a lot of people you haven't heard from in years saying, hey, you know, you pay my mortgage, stuff really? like, oh yeah, medical bills, all that. And, you, and so you go through this journey where you want to say, you know, you try, you go through figuring out, you know, like I've learned the lesson that if you do give Never give a loan, just give a gift. <laughs> just give a gift, right? Because you, because you You'll don't never get it back. Never, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you resent that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't want any of that. It's like, and, and even if you do give it back, it's still like 
uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's like all those things. Um, but you know, um, the the one of the biggest things I learned is just, you know, I remember when Forbes called for the first time and uh, called the office and said, you're gonna be on this list, right? And I told the, the head of PR, like, I'm not, no way, mm. right? I do not wanna be on that list. Just tell them no, no thank you, I appreciate it. Um, and then they called back, emailed back and said, we publish a list of, um, uh, the list is called America's Richest Self-Made Women. And they're like, you're gonna, we have enough data from bankers and lawyers. I'm like, how yeah, right. do you have data? They're gonna data? post it whether you want it the, or not. Yeah, 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 whether I want it or not. And I was so mortified and so like, right? And so for three years in a row, the last three years I've been on this list, mm-hmm. and here's the story that happened to me is every year I would either hide it or if I was gonna go to an event and they were gonna, and it was on the bio they were reading, I made them delete the word richest. <laughs> And put in most successful, right? Wow. So, so, so it was the Forbes most successful self-made women's mm. list in all the bios, mm-hmm. in the bio, like everything online, everything. And I had this huge epiphany. Why? Yeah, I by discounting what you've created. Yep. Well, and here's the thing. And see, okay, how do I say this? <laughs> so many women, we are taught, right? We are yeah. taught to, to dim humble. our light. Yeah, yeah. We are. I had this huge moment, Lewis, where I'm like, okay, I've got to figure this shit out because I have a responsibility now for other women, for other girls, for other people out there. And I was realizing I was dimming my own light to, to and, and calling it um, being humble and calling it being gracious and calling it be all those things, right? And, and. What did an Olympian who wins a gold medal say? Uh, I didn't win I the know, gold. I know. I'm just. An Olympian, I'm not a gold medalist. Yeah, well, and here's the thing is I had this big epiphany, like, wait a minute. Like, okay, all growing up, because Oprah showed her vulnerability, all the things that she showed, like, because she shared that her background wasn't perfect because all those things, like, Mm -hmm. it helped me believe where I come from doesn't have to determine where I'm going, right? Because I saw an example of what's possible. And I sat there and I thought, wait a minute, every time I scroll social media, even when I see successful businesswomen, Right? Think about think about so many of our friends, your friends, people in LA, people that are in entertainment, for example. Mm-hmm. You might see the woman way more successful than the guy she's dating or married to, whatever. And he's like in a business suit in front of a plane, and she's like lower than him physically. And like you know, it's. She, but she's also a businesswoman doing her like doing her thing. But you almost never see it out there. Mm. And I kind of real had this moment where I'm like me hiding the stuff about Forbes, mm. uh, me not me wanting to avoid it, me calling it humble. All I'm doing is dimming my own mm. light, and I am you know potentially robbing other girls or women of seeing another example of model. what's possible for them. Yeah. you know what I mean. And wow. and so. It's been a journey even of things like that, of coming to terms with things like that. And I now believe the Forbes richest self-made women's list, it is still even weird to say that, but like I believe in the power of that because it's it's showing, you know, not just other women, every person, oh, here's these women that are self-made that are totally kicking ass right now. And they're, you know, every person on that list is an example of what's possible yeah. because they're all self-made too. What do you think is the the mindset is that is different between those that have accumulated wealth from nothing versus those that stay 
poor or who haven't accumulated that much wealth. From what you've learned, from where you were to where you are now, and all the wealthy people you're surrounded with, what do you think is the mindset that is different? Mm. I think that, I think wealth isn't about money. And I know that's gonna sound cliche. I think, I think people who are successful, the amount of money they have is irrelevant but the mindset is what they have in common, right? And I think it's that they show up in service. I think it's mm. that they believe what they're doing is uh, making the world a better place, is serving someone else is bigger than themselves, is uh, answering their own calling. Mm -hmm. I mean, how you know, you probably know so many people that have accomplished yeah. business success and they're miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and there's people that haven't who are miserable. Um, so. What have you learned from other wealthy people uh, in terms of expanding wealth? Or what do they do differently that you think based on just seeing them or having conversations with them? Or is that not something you're in conversation with with uh, friends in this space? What do you see them do differently? And what do you do differently now that helped you earn this as opposed to you know working at Denny's? <laughs> working at Denny's is hard. Hard. It's hard, but working at Denny set me up for this, right? Like, I mean, this is what I'm saying. I think everything sets us up for where, mm -hmm. for where we're going. I really believe that. I believe every experience. Like when I worked at Denny's, um, it was hard. Be the the kitchen was a mess. They had operational issues, and they couldn't get pancakes out fast mm. enough. And people would get mad. They wouldn't tip. They would leave. Mm. And I was like, okay. I, I, as working as a Denny's waitress, I became aware of operational issues and how important they are, <laughs> right? Because of the fact that they couldn't get pancakes out, like sometimes in under an hour. So no one wants to wait an hour for oh. pancakes. So watching, yeah, 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 <laughs> watching that. Interesting. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, Lewis. I Did mean, you ever believe you would become uh, as wealthy as you are financially when you were making whatever, $7 an hour in tips or whatever you're making back then as a waitress, do you ever believe that like, one day I'm gonna exit a billion dollar company? <laughs> one day I'll sell a billion dollar company. Yeah. Like what switched in your mind to be able to say, okay, even though this isn't what yeah. I have right now, it's going to happen. Yeah, I believe that, um, I believe that when we have dreams on our heart, and if we work hard enough, I believe they're possible, right? And, and I think if we fill our minds with the right things, like I don't know if it was Steve Jobs, it was someone that talked about how every single thing out there that's ever been built or been created mm -hmm. has been created by someone just like you and right. me. And when we think about things that way, like we start to carve grooves in our brain that things are possible, mm. you know what I mean? And I think that again, when we tune into our knowing and you know, for me, I wanted to shift culture and beauty. Um, yeah. I probably could have made a lot more money going public with the company, mm. but I also, you know, was working 100 hours a week and exhausted. totally exhausted, totally addicted to work. And I yeah. made the decision to trust myself also, um, that I didn't trust myself to actually not keep working 100 hour weeks unless right. I did sell it. Yeah, and um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's big journeys. And listen, uh, I again think we all know, we all know deep down inside what we're born capable of and we know if we are, if we know, like, like there's so many stories I share in this book about how I handled things from competition to competitors knocking us off to mean girls not liking when we were six there's so many stories and my biggest thing 
that I learned when it comes to that is like, I believe we're not born to compete with anyone else. Mm-hmm. I believe we're born to compete with like who God made us capable of mm. becoming, right? <laughs> and right, but we all know, like I know right now sitting here, I am not yet the person I was born capable of becoming. Wow. Like I'm not even close to that person. Like I know that. And I feel like we all have that knowing if, if we really get still inside. Do you know what I mean? Of course. And so for me, I think, yeah. Is there a mantra you have now when you feel doubt? Or if you feel overwhelmed, I know you're you know, a new mom, you've got new challenges that are in your life. Do you, like, what do you say to yourself? Yeah, I mean, almost every day, God use me, love use me. God use me, love use me. Because mm-hmm. I know it's not about me. Mm. And I know I don't have to carry it all myself. That's good. That takes mm-hmm. a lot of pressure off you probably. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us hold the pressure. It's like all about us taking on everything. Mm-hmm. I prayed that before this interview. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's like, you know, help me say something someone else out there needs to hear. Yeah. Like have it not be about me. Because if I start to think it's about me for a second, <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, it does Lewis think that I'm cool enough to be on a show? Oh, it all, you know, all the stuff that our sure. inner critic starts to tell ourselves about ourselves. And sure, when, when sure. we make things about ourselves, it's like, yeah. Uh, my friend Rory Vaden, <laughs> who you know, yeah. uh, said a great line, it's hard to be nervous when your heart's on service. Oh, that's so good. When you're, you're just focused out. You're just focused yes. out. You know what? I'm going to mess up. I'm going to forget something I'm supposed to say. I'm going to stutter over my words. But uh, as long as I make sure that I'm thinking about the people that I'm you know, in this experience to yeah. help them in some way, it doesn't matter if I mess up. You know? Yeah. So like and the other that. thing is like if you mess up right now or I mess up right now, it's like someone out there who loves your show and loves you is going to feel like they're not alone in their own mess right. up that, that just happened to them that day, <clears throat> right? It's still a service. It's like that servant's heart. You can't expect so to be perfect. Yeah, no one's perfect. So you, can't, mm-hmm. you can't put out that image of perfection. It's not real. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. curious. You mentioned there were many things you would have done differently. One, not working 100 hours a week. Yeah. I, I also know in the book you talk about there's no such thing as balance. And I don't think there uh-huh. is a such thing as balance when you're launching something and when you're needing to build momentum you've got to go all in and that means sacrificing certain things for a period of time until you can create more balance uh, so I know one of them might be not working 100 hours a, a week every week another mm-hmm. one you mentioned which is letting go of people that were maybe toxic and mm-hmm. holding on to people for too long who are employees yeah. what would be three things that you would have done differently that would have given you more peace and gen- mm. and been just as successful in your business? Mm. Whether it's those two things and one other or three other things? More peace. You said three things that would give me more peace. Three things that you would have done differently uh-huh. in your business or in your personal life to create a better uh, flow for you mm. without as much stress. Mm-hmm. Where you'd still be able to get as much success Mm-hmm. without this stress and overwhelm that maybe it came to you? Yeah. I would have believed my success was possible sooner. After hearing three years of no's and rejection, by the time we finally started getting tra- you know, traction, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like, is it all going to come crashing down at any moment? Really? Mm-hmm. I felt huh. like, you know, I have to strike while the iron's hot. I have to drive, you know. So in the first, like, especially the early years, but then I really kept that. I drove it so hard because I felt like, you know what I mean? It's like part of why I did 100-hour weeks. I, I almost, in the beginning, uh, couldn't believe this was happening, right? So it's another version of imposter syndrome. Right. It's like, wow. And 
learning to believe it, learning to believe in the mission, believe something bigger than myself is probably how I didn't mess the whole thing up. Because sometimes we start to get success and then we can't believe it for ourselves, mm -hmm. right? And then we, we mess it all up, so. Okay, so that's one. Mm -hmm. um, another one I would have done differently and anybody out there who is starting a dream or a goal or a business with a partner. Or <laughs> yeah, if you're married and you guys started together. Yeah, or a loved one or a family member. Yeah, let's talk about that. I had had so many people say, whatever you do, don't ever start a company with your partner. Or, you know, people say, don't do it with a family member or a good friend. Mm -hmm. And because it'll ruin your friendship or the right. relationship. Right. How long were you guys married for before this? We wrote the business plan on our honeymoon flight to South Africa. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. got married. Yeah started life together and then started a business together at the yes. same time. Yeah, and we did it five years before, but yeah. Man, you yeah. really get to know each other in a whole different way probably. You do, and you know, here's the thing is like, I get why everyone does it, right? And I just, and we always think, oh, it'll be different for me. Like, there's gonna be someone out there listening right now watching this who feels what I'm saying, right? You Our think partner, like, we're amazing, we can do anything together. Yeah, yeah, we and, love each other, it won't get in the way. Person, yeah. right? And like whoever you, you launch a dream with, you wanna trust that person, <laughs> you wanna spend time with the, all the things. It makes so much sense why people go into business with family or friends or their partner. So we did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a miracle that right now I can tell you I love my husband. That is a miracle yeah. we're still married. It's, it's a miracle because it got really hard. I'm and sure. what I would do differently, because Lewis, there is a point, and I taught, you know, I've never shared these stories before. And in the book, I talk about this because a lot of people need to hear this. It's like, there's things, there's so much I did right, but there's a lot of things I did wrong. Mm -hmm. And and it got to the point where, like, my phone would ring. It, it could be any hour of the day or night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I saw it was my husband, I literally equated it to a work call. Everything was work. Oh, Do you see what I mean? Man, that sucks. Yeah, and, and we... And he couldn't date you. Yeah. He couldn't date you. Neither of us. You guys couldn't yeah. date each other because it was just like, what do we need to get done? Yeah. What needs to happen? We yeah. need to make money here. Yeah. What's the product look like? Well, and, 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 and you know, we were wow. really all in together. We both cared so much together. Of course. The blessing is that we both worked so hard. If one of us was all in and the other wasn't, it, it wouldn't have worked probably. Um, you know, every, I mean, I did over a thousand live shows at QVC, so I was staying the night in this hotel room uh, for many years, like 150, 200 nights a year. Crazy. I'm trying to run the business out of the green room, going on air all hours of the day and night. And honestly, it was the biggest gift for our business, but personally, and uh, you're so tired, um, but he did every one of those shows as well, and he'd be he was in, there also, mm -hmm, and he'd be in the green room watching the numbers Working, live, managing, giving yeah. feedback, and I would actually get off air. And by the way, like I'm so good with, um, I love feedback and criticism. I mean, it sucks. I don't ever want to hear, it, but it's like I love. I know especially it's a from gift. your husband. No, so that's the one thing. <laughs> it got to the point. You're like, where I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear. And so I was like, oh, okay, I need to hear it for the business. I need to hear oh, it. Man. But I would walk off air from a show at three in the morning, like. Maybe we had this huge, I don't know, million dollar sales goal or something. And I'd walk off air knowing we may have just missed that show goal. And I'd see his face at the end of the hallway. And I would struggle internally like, okay, how do I show up in love? Because right now I don't want to see him. I don't want to hear what I did wrong. I don't oh, want to hear the things that didn't work in the show. It's tough, right? And then <laughs> we, I think, really failed at ever setting boundaries. So when we would say like, okay, starting at 8 o'clock tonight, no more work talk or nine o'clock tonight, no more work. 
It, you never did that, or you tried? We never did it. We tried. We but tried. Then it was just like, oh, but this is important. Let's yeah, get this done. It was always important, and it was always like, oh, like the person that would say, okay, nothing after nine p.m. or the other person it could be either one would be like, oh, okay, but really fast. Did you hear what happened thing. today? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Like this just got you know caught up in customs and this, whatever was going on with the business, and and we built to over a thousand employees, so there's always stuff going on. You're just solving problems all day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When you have a business, you're always solving problems. You can't really shut down. Yeah. If it's your business. Yes, exactly. So, um, so how did you resolve it? I mean, faith. <laughs> Li- literally, faith. Trusting the process. The yeah. F- yeah. I mean, to my knowledge, neither of us has ever lied or stolen or cheated or anything like that. So we had those found that foundation wow, of great. trust. Yeah, that's great. But we were both burnt out for a lot of years, and when you're tired and exhausted, it's very hard mm, to show up. Of course. Right. And and so, if I look back, I think that I did not need to work 100 hour weeks to build a billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have stopped at eight or seven y- and yes, had yes. three hours to yourself, mm-hmm. gotten up early and done it all over again for yeah. 80 hours or 60 hour weeks. <laughs> yeah. I would have believed it sooner that it was mm-hmm. all really happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. And the final thing you would have done differently? so many things I would have done differently. Mm -hmm. Tell me about marriage and business then and boundaries around that. If someone's in a relationship right now and they're in total love and they're dating for years, oh, they're good. Oh, yeah, I just thought, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, listen, I think that um, along the lines of Oprah's advice, just when people show you who who they are, believe Mm -hmm. them the first time, I think that I I would have followed that advice more with, closely. With I still vendor, work on it. With the vendors, employees, with team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's hard. Yeah, it's hard when you don't want to hurt other people. Um, <sighs> but, yeah, but, and again, I've had other entrepreneurs, you know, um, after doing a thousand live shows, I've met tens of thousands of brand founders in the green room of QVC and entrepreneurs. And they've all said the same thing that if you keep a toxic employee, um, in your business, even if you love them or they're doing a great job in some areas that what happens is they, it, it's almost like a, a, a cancer in the sense Spreads. of it will, it'll spread Spreads. and it'll infect everyone else. You cannot allow negativity or gossip yeah. or drama exactly. in your culture. Otherwise, you need yeah. to cut that out. It's contagious. It is the worst thing. Yeah. And I think everyone yeah. needs to create a boundary as a business owner to ensure and communicate responsibly what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't communicate it effectively, that's on you. Yeah. And if people are and dramatic and this and that, that's on you. So you got to make sure you're constantly in that communication. Yeah. And and I think that the challenge a lot of people face too is when people grow with you. Um, they, right? Yeah. They can you you almost in a way when you're growing so fast cuz we were growing way faster than our infrastructure could keep up yeah. with. So then you have people wearing a lot of hats and of then as a business owner, a lot of people will relate to this, right? And maybe you've gone through this too that sometimes you'll have an employee and you actually really feel like you are depending on them. You know what I mean? And like you can't lose them. So you and deal so, with the toxicity here and there because yeah. they're And you never you. should, but it's hard in the I moment. Know, it's, hard. it's hard in the moment to lose someone who you feel like you really need. Of course, or someone you've built a relationship with over years is challenging. Or you don't even know how are you gonna absorb their role at that moment. But every time you always it's figure like, it out. You, you always figure it out. out. And someone better someone always pick, comes always along. It out. And then you're like, always. And you're like, wait a minute, who was this person a month ago? It's yeah. like, it's, you always figure it out and someone's like, why didn't they do that sooner? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Always. always. What was the longest you went keeping someone on? 
but you knew your gut was telling you, oh, I gotta let them go. Yeah. Was Four it, years. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've all done it in relationship, intimate yeah. relationships, where we we knew, but it's like we waited six months. Yes. Two years, six years. Yes. Until we and finally you, broke free. Yeah, and you think it's going to get better? They're going to change, or oh my gosh. it goes back to that Maya Angelou quote that Oprah talks about, also being her her greatest lesson. And 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 a lot of us learn it over. We need to learn it over and over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and people show you who they are. Believe them the first time. When someone's in a relationship and they have this amazing business idea together, or one person's got this idea and they say, I would love for you to join me in this company, mm. or this project, or this you know, art, whatever it is. Yeah. And you're like, this is exciting, let's do this together, we're gonna launch this and see if it works. What is your advice for people who are married, or going to be married, or in a relationship about working together? Mm. Do you think they should? If, <laughs> if they do, what, should they create contracts Early on, even though there's this like, you know, trust and respect, mm-hmm. what would you do differently? Or what advice would you give someone to ensure that they could still maintain a healthy relationship and make a successful business? Mm. I think you have to have such rock solid emotional intelligence Man, and that's communication. Hard. That's hard. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only way. Like you can't get offended. You can't be. And yeah. you have to be able to communicate your emotions when they happen in a healthy way. I know, and you know, I know a lot of people now who are even two friends that are running businesses together, and they go to therapy. They go to just smart. like the way couples would go to therapy. Yeah, a lot of like friends that are co-founders go to therapy. I think it's really important. I think it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, but I get why people want to do it. You know, you trust that person. Yeah, and you want to do hard. it with someone that you, you know, love you or fun. appreciate with, so you can build it together. But when things yeah. get hard. That's when it's yeah. challenging. Yeah, and the odds are not in anyone's favor <laughs> when they're going to start this. You know what I mean? It's um, and there are people that end it and they are able to stay friends or whatever. But mm, it's it's very rare. hard. Mm-hmm. Very challenging. Yeah, and you just have to really ask yourself: Is your relationship worth putting at risk? Is your friendship worth putting at risk? But here's the thing, Lewis: is like our humanness, our human nature wants to believe it's it won't happen to us it's just it's what everyone else goes through but but for me like my friendships rock solid or my marriage or my you know what i mean and and so it's it's hard sometimes it's just a a thing that we go through and then have to decide is this something that you know what i mean that Mm -hmm. we want to do again you've accomplished so much jamie you've you know done so much this book's amazing i want people to get it believe it how to go from underestimated to unstoppable. Uh, I'm curious, what do you think will be the greatest thing you have to overcome after you've accomplished so much this stage of your life? Like what's the thing you're still gonna need to overcome to make you feel like you've made it or a sense of peace inside or a sense of, I don't know, next level understanding about life. What do you think is still your challenge you get to overcome? It's a journey. I think I think um, stepping into all of who I know I'm capable of becoming while somehow still feeling enough <laughs> while well, doing it. What is that? So who tough. is that? Who is that like knowing of who you can become? I You've mean, already become so much. Yeah, I mean I think I think we all have, right? I yeah. think we all know what, what that means for us. I just have a deep knowing uh, that I have a lot more to give and yeah. a lot more to serve. And 
I'm in this space right now. I mean, you know, Lewis, like a lot of people would never have left the situation I was in. And what I mean by that is I, you know, as you know, struggled for so many years, finally got success at this company when we sold it to L'Oreal a few days before I met you at Summit of Greatness. A few days before that. You sold it a few days before, yeah. Um, well, I was sitting in this corner office, in the 60, I think it was 60,000 square foot office, and a corner office overlooking the skyline in Manhattan. And the office, my office, the bathroom, all these things was bigger than like any place I'd ever lived most of my wow. life. Like, you know what I mean? And, and beautiful and all these things, like stuff you'd see in a movie. And I remember sitting in this office knowing, feeling my gut, knowing it was time to let go of one wow. dream and start another. And I remember knowing in that moment, most people wouldn't do this mm. because I was sitting there looking around in this office space of, uh, at what the world tells me significance looks like. Yeah, the CEO of this big company, yeah. thousand employees. Yeah. yeah, I have goosebumps saying this, yeah. like saying this out loud, but I remember like looking at the Manhattan skyline, sobbing my eyes out all alone sitting in this office, like seeing this beautiful artwork on the wall, looking around going, oh my gosh, like I finally, got this, like I, like I finally, like this reminds me of a movie, like I'm sitting here and yet I know in my gut, like I'm supposed to uh, leave this dream wow. and, 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 and yet it would be way easier to stay there and, and, and have this really cool title in this really amazing office and, and literally the things the world says are significant. Right. You know what I mean? And I think our life is defined by those moments when we listen to our knowing and we, mm. and we, and we follow it anyways. Mm. You know what I mean? And when of I look course. back at this journey, all those times, even when it didn't make sense, even when the experts said, don't do this on, you know, all the things, it's like when I listened to my knowing, even when it didn't make sense and I, and I trusted it, that's like the moments that change our life, you know? So, yeah, then a few days later I met you. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're here. I love it. Well, I want, to be, I want people to get this book. I've got a couple final questions for you, but make sure you guys get the book. Believe it. Yes. Very powerful stories endorsed by so many people. Uh, incredible wisdom, lessons, uh, humor, sadness, all those things. Make sure you guys check this out. Uh, powerful, powerful story. It will be a movie one day. I, I can say that for sure. Uh, this is a question I ask everyone at the end called The Three Truths. So imagine you've accomplished everything you want to accomplish for the rest of your life. You do it all, whatever that is, with the family, more business ventures, mentoring, helping women, whatever it is you want to create, you create it. And it's your last day. For whatever reason, you've got to take all of your content with you. So this book is no longer with you. It take, you take all the copies. Whatever happens, you take all of your content with you. No one has access to this interview anymore, but you get a piece of paper and a pen and you get to write down three lessons from your entire life that you would share with the world. And this is all we have to remember you by, these three lessons. I call it the three truths. What would you say would be your three truths? God can dream a bigger dream for you than you can for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a knowing inside of you and it's always right and God and every single one of us is love. And we're all connected. <laughs> yeah. I love that. What's something you wish people asked you that they don't ask you? How are you so funny? Because <laughs> I'm really funny and people don't know that. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> How are you so funny? 
I'm really funny. And my husband's so funny. And so, like, he always <laughs> just talks about how he's funny. But I'm really funny. You're funnier than he, him? Ah, he, uh, he's pretty funny. He's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty funny. Do you have a good but dad? I'm really funny. Is there such thing as a mom joke? You know, those dad jokes. I don't know. There's yeah. Some, you, should have, you should come up with some mom jokes. Some mom jokes. That'd be a great book. I'll work on that. A little that t- coffee be. table book, mom jokes. You're right. Has anyone, I don't think anyone's I've done never that. heard mom jokes, but... Hmm. I have a couple friends. Damon John, whenever I talk to him, he always starts with a dad joke. With a dad joke. And they're just, I don't know why they crack me up when, when someone tells me a dad joke because it's so dumb that I just laugh so yeah, hard. Yeah, they're so funny. Well, I want people to get the book and I want to acknowledge you, Jamie, for, you know what I'm noticing during this? You have this childlike wonder about you. You have this like reflection of your younger child. I just keep seeing like the seven, eight-year-old Jamie inside of you who is coming out. And that's what I'm noticing when I'm when I'm with you. So I appreciate your childlike uh, hunger and desire for truth, for answers, for creating what you want, for dreaming big. I think mm-hmm. kids have big dreams and they go after it. And you continue to do that and you accomplished your dreams, a lot of your dreams. And you still have more to do as a mom and as a uh, an entrepreneur and everything else. So I acknowledge you for your your childlike joy that you bring. Uh, now and day to day. I really appreciate that. And I know you have a lot on your plate and you carry certain burdens. And uh, I want to remind you that your your child joy is always there for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I felt like you just needed to hear that. So it's always there for you to support you. Uh, of course. This is, uh, people can get the book anywhere online. They can go uh, obviously on stores, if you can get into stores right now. Amazon, where can we connect with you online personally? Yeah, so so jamiekernlima.com or Instagram at jamiekernlima. And then, uh, yeah, the book, uh, believeit.com. If you um, believeit.com. Yeah, believeit.com. And anywhere you grab the book at, wherever it's sold, uh, we're doing a big launch promotion. So if you go to believeit.com, the book's name is Believe It, uh, lots of free stuff. So downloadable action plan, a course I'm doing, all of it you get for free in celebration of the launch. And, um, so if you buy a copy or two, then you just go there and you submit the information and you yeah, get the f- and you get all the free stuff. Wow. Yeah, and it's really like at, at the heart and soul of this book, it's anyone who wants to go from not believing themselves to believing themselves and mm-hmm. learning how to trust themselves and know they're enough. And uh, thank you, by the way, for talking about childlike wonder. You know, my daughter's name is Wonder. I don't know if you remember, she kept calling Jay Shetty Dada. Do you remember this? Vaguely. I was like, yes. I think it scared him. <laughs> no, he's not here yet. <laughs> um, but uh, literally, like 10 minutes leading up to this interview, I don't even know why you and I are just laughing, like giggling. So you have childlike wonder, and yeah, it's really cool. I it's really cool it. to experience that. Thank you for bringing that out in of me, course, too. Of course, of course. I don't think I've laughed or giggled like this ever. Like, I, 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 in an interview, I can't remember. Like, just laughing. It just I makes it, it easier, you know? Yeah. It makes you relax more when you laugh. and Because yeah, you ask tough questions. I know. You know. You got to lighten the moment too, though. You got to have fun. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I laugh when I'm like, I don't know if it's n- nervous or more like I laugh when like something is really like, you'll share something that's bad or like that's a shock. And whatever reason I laugh in those moments, because I'm like, that's crazy to think about. And I yeah. just laugh. So um, believeit.com. Uh, make sure you guys get a few books. I recommend getting a few copies always. This is going to be powerful for you. Uh, final question for you. What's your definition of greatness? Mm. Stepping into all of who you are and mm. knowing it and knowing it. You have a peace when you do it. You just feel it. 
Jamie, thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Lewis. My friend, thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode. Isn't Jamie such an inspiration? Man, if you enjoyed this, make sure to share this with a few friends, post it on social media, just copy and paste the link where you're listening to this right now and share it out with a few people you think would be inspired by Jamie's story and her message. Or you can just copy and paste the link, lewishouse.com slash 1074. Text it to a couple of friends right now post it on social media, and make sure to tag both of us so we know that you are listening and can connect to you over on social media. And if this is your first time here, then welcome to the School of Greatness community. You are an amazing, loving, incredible human being, and we're so grateful that you're here. You're wanting to learn. You're wanting to grow. You're wanting to improve in the different areas of your life. So make sure to subscribe. Stick around. We've got the greatest minds in the world here, and I want you to have access to them for free. So click the subscribe button right now on Apple Podcasts or over on Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and review. Let us know what you enjoyed most about this episode. And I can't wait for you to be a part of this community. There's some amazing people I'm going to want to connect you to in the coming weeks. And make sure to check out some of the previous episodes. When you scroll down, you'll see some big names and big topics that we dive into that I want you to have access to. And if you want inspirational messages from me sent to your phone every single week, then text me right now the word podcast to 614-350-3960 so you can get on my texting list and get inspirational stuff behind the scenes and some secrets every once in a while as well. So make sure to text podcast to 614-350-3960. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jamie. I'm so grateful for your time today. Again, please spread the message forward so we can help more people achieve greatness in their life. And I want to remind you, if no one's told you lately, that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Great.